You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Happy Friday and welcome into Locked On Balls. It is your team every day. Locked On Balls available every single morning, completely free on every single platform and uh, available for your listening use. I got to tell you guys, hey, I have been playing around with the Restream account, with the YouTube channels, trying to get this show built. And uh, pretty soon, hopefully at some point next week, not only will you have Locked On Balls available on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you listen currently to the show, but if you're a YouTuber, uh, you're going to have it available to watch. It'll be available every single morning, and you guys can go back and watch it on demand as well. So um, that's what's coming up on the show, some exciting times. And even if you're not a YouTuber, I encourage you to help me out here and just go subscribe when it goes live. Uh, that would help me out a whole lot more um, than, than you know. And Plus, I want to show the other college accounts just how crazy and awesome this fan base is because I am literally the second-to-last college host to – uh, hold out and get YouTube, but I want to show them how quickly we can get over a thousand uh, subscribers. So that's coming up next week. I will keep you dialed in, but just letting you know for everybody that likes to watch things on YouTube, and um, this podcast will be made available. You'll get to see this ugly, uh, ugly face, this bearded mug um, on the YouTube channel at some point next week. All right, yeah, I am your host Eric Kane. Didn't didn't really mention that earlier, but hey, I do radio in Knoxville, Tennessee, ninety nine one the Sports Animal. I'll ride for the rival side covering Tennessee football, recruiting, basketball, that. Type of stuff that's fallquest.com and there is a major 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 basketball game coming up this weekend it is Tennessee against Kentucky the volunteers trying to bounce back from just an ugly showing on the bayou last weekend at LSU did bounce back a 20-point victory over South Carolina this week but of course we know that Kentucky is no South Carolina. It's going to be a challenge. Tennessee will go up to Rupp Arena historically where the Volunteers do not fare well. But as we'll note here in just a moment, Tennessee very much success the last couple of seasons up there at Rupp Arena. Okay, so Tennessee-Kentucky, we'll preview that matchup here. We'll talk with Locked On Kentucky host Lance Daw in segment two, and then we'll conclude the show with a little Vols interview talking about the tight end. So that is a Friday show here on Locked On Vols. Number 22, Tennessee, against number 18, Kentucky. All right, the Wildcats coming into the showcase with a 13-3 record, 3-1 in SEC play. Uh, they're coming off two straight double-digit wins in SEC play over Georgia and over Vanderbilt. Uh, began SEC play 1-1, one one, beating Missouri but falling to LSU. And those neutral side games earlier in the season, you know Kentucky's always going to have a very noteworthy neutral side game. They had two this year. Lost two, uh, you know, top five Duke or top ten Duke now, and uh, but did beat Carolina just like Tennessee beat Carolina. Uh, Kentucky has won 12 straight at Rupp Arena dating back to last season. And here's what you need to know about Rupp Arena. I talk about it a little bit with Lance here coming up in a couple moments. Um, only six wins all time for Tennessee at Rupp Arena. I mean, that is that is hard to fathom. I mean, it really is, right? Um I mean, Tennessee has played up at Rupp Arena plenty of times, but only six wins. However, three of the past four matchups at Rupp Arena between these two squads have gone to the Big Orange. Tennessee won in 2021, in 2020, and in 2018. Rick Barnes is 8-6 and six overall against Kentucky, and he owns at least one win over Kentucky in each of the last six seasons. So that is something noteworthy 
uh, to pay attention to. Barnes is 4-2 and two versus Kentucky inside Thompson Bowling Arena, but 3-3 three and three on the road at Rupp Arena. And, of course, you know, Hall of Fame coach uh, Rick Barnes, potentially uh, Calipari as well, 1,491 wins all time between uh, these two teams. Uh, this series has seen 232 games played. That is the most between any two teams uh, in the SEC, and the rivalry, the rivalry will be renewed on Saturday. So what about Kentucky? I uh, mentioned about all the success at Rupp Arena, the success that Kentucky's having at home so far this season. Um, Tennessee is a defensive team. It is still second in the uh, defensive adjusted uh, efficiency rankings where uh, the volunteers are – and averaging just like a little, you know, giving up only 87.1 points per 100 uh, possessions, which is really, really sharp. Tennessee is forcing 20.3 turnovers per game in SEC play. The next closest SEC team, LSU, forces just 17. Kentucky just committing 10.5 turnovers per game in SEC play. That's the fewest in the league. So you're going, you've got the team that comes up with the best forced turnovers, okay, Um the men always are leading in steals, but a lot of times they are. And you got the team that essentially protects the basketball the best in Kentucky. And so those are some two heavyweights going at it uh, here this week. The Vols rank uh, among the Division One top 20 in turnover margin, plus 6.4. And steals per game, 10.7. And assists per game, 17.4. The Vols are 9-0 this season when they out-rebound their opponent. Tennessee won the rebounding battle in each of the last two trips to Rupp Arena. However, Kentucky leads the SEC in rebounds as third in the nation with 43.3 rebounds, 43.4 rebounds per game. A big reason for that is a guy I'm going to mention right now, and Lance will talk about here in a moment as well, Oscar Shibwa. All right, he leads Kentucky in scoring with 17 points, leads the nation in rebounding at 15.1 rebounds per game. He is a transfer from West Virginia. You got Shibwa going along with Wheeler, who is the point guard, transferred from Georgia. We're familiar with him. He's missed the last uh, two games with an injury, but um, he's very much questionable for this ball game. He leads the team with 7.3 assists per game. He's got 9.6 points per game. If Wheeler can't go, that is advantage Tennessee in a big way, in my opinion. But uh, you know, Kentucky's a team that is you know typical Kentucky. They play a hard schedule. They play a really sharp out of conference schedule, but. You know, like I mentioned, Tennessee's found a whole lot of success against uh, Kentucky so far in recent history, especially at Rupp Arena. You look at the ESPN matchup predictor, Kentucky has a 69.4, nice percent chance to win this ball game, where Tennessee has only got a 30.6% chance. Uh, you got the leading scorers. I mentioned Sheba, 17 points per game. Vescovy for Tennessee, 13.6. Um, Josiah Jordan-James leads Tennessee with 6.1 rebounds per game, and that is not even close to what Sheba does at 15.1 for Kentucky. And then I mentioned Wheeler. Stack him up against Kennedy Chandler, who, of course, leads Tennessee in assists. Chandler has 5.1 assists per game, where Wheeler has 7.3. Um, Kentucky in this basketball game is – Going to be a favorite probably around. I haven't seen it just yet. Of course, they might wait until later on Friday to to set that number. But uh, Kentucky's going to be a, a favorite in this basketball game. I would say probably around five points or so. Uh, but Tennessee trying to pick up a big win in SEC play. This would go a long way. When you look at Tennessee's schedule and you look at Tennessee's uh, you know, kind of marquee wins so far this season, of course, you know Carolina comes to mind in a big way. 
Arizona comes to mind in a big way. It was good to get off the snide and get that win against South Carolina. I mean, it, it really, really was. Um, but Tennessee did not play well against, obviously, um, Villanova. Didn't even you know, get off get off the bus, really, against, uh, against Villanova. And that was very, very embarrassing. Did not get its best effort on the road at LSU. Didn't finish against Texas Tech, who just took down an undefeated Baylor team who led uh, the country. Of course, that Memphis game was canceled. Didn't finish at Memphis. And, of course, you were without your two best, two of your better players in Kennedy Chandler and uh, and John Fulkerson. But this would be a big win for Tennessee in a stretch run where you're talking about going from Arizona, Alabama, Ole Miss, LSU, Carolina, Kentucky. Then you got Vanderbilt on Tuesday back to LSU. Hey, the SEC it is uh it, it's nothing to sleep at this year it's nothing to scoff at this year for sure Tennessee if they get this win against Kentucky would be a big time win and will go a long way for the volunteer club that is two and two in SEC play Tennessee 11 and four trying to make it 12 and four on the road at Rupp Arena trying to make it four wins in their last five meetings at Rupp Arena Tennessee and Kentucky uh, that game is coming up at one o'clock on Saturday afternoon you can hear that coverage of that basketball game on the Vol Radio Network and of course it'll be on I believe um, ESPN has got the television call as well all right more on Kentucky tell us a little bit about the lineups for Calipari and how Kentucky has looked this year Lance Daw of Locked On Kentucky we will chat with him uh, when we return here to Locked On Vols but first I want to tell you more about Get Upside it's it's an app that you guys need to know about because we buy gas every single day my listeners right now up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code SCORE, and you can get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon off on your first order. Okay? That is, or your first fill-up, rather. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Download the app for free or use that promo code SCORE and get up to $0.50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift cards, Amazons, or other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cent gallon cash back on your first tank. That is code SCORE at GetUpside. And, of course, we've got Bet Online. I'd like to wish you a happy new year of betting. That is at Bet Online for the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all your sports wagering action in 2022. New year, new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today. Go ahead and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Las Vegas casino games, don't wait. Take advantage of all these amazing offers available for the 2022 calendar year. Bet online, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, it is where the game starts. Well, welcome to the show, Lance Daw. He is the host of Locked On Kentucky. He also does a lot of graphic work for us here on Locked On Vols, so you might have heard his name there. Lance, thanks so much for taking the time, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to breaking down uh, Kentucky. Tennessee should be a really fun game. Yeah. Well, first, let me let, let me let me ask this. Okay, you are you live in Auburn, Alabama. You write for mm-hmm. the Auburn Wire, which is a part of USA Today Network. You are hosting Locked On Kentucky. It's a good opportunity for you. How weird is that, and how much uh, how much have you learned about Kentucky the last couple of months? 
Well, let me tell you, whenever I accepted the position, I was like, okay, I got to get up to speed. And so I had to immediately start doing a lot of research about the team, uh, about the history of the program, uh, just to kind of immerse myself. And it did not, I did not actually immerse myself, I don't feel like, until that LSU game when we lost. And at that point, I realized I'm emotionally invested in this team. Like I understand what's going on. Like I'm really into it now. So while I'm I'm Auburn, I'm Auburn at heart, right? Still like I live here. I watch the games here. Um Auburn Kentucky is going to be just just a weird game for me. Um but it, I'm starting to I'm starting to invest myself in the in the Wildcats. It's been really fun. Now you're still doing radio for the Auburn Network, right? Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm. I co-host an ESPN radio show in Auburn, Alabama, and we don't talk just Auburn stuff. We kind of talk SEC wide, so it it kind of made, I guess, the transition to Kentucky easy because I've been talking about the Wildcats for quite some time. Awesome, good deal, man. All right, so Tennessee number twenty-two in the country, Kentucky number eighteen, the Wildcats thirteen and three on the season, three and one in SEC play. Uh, they began SEC play one and one, took down Missouri. They lost to LSU, as you pointed out just a moment ago. They've got. Uh, a couple of neutral side big ones. They lost to Duke, but took down North Carolina. They won 12 straight at Rupp, dating back to last season. Kind of what is this Kentucky basketball team uh, for those of us that uh, refuse to watch them whenever they're on ESPN or, or the SEC Network? Well, something that I've noticed about Kentucky that they definitely weren't last year is they're offensively competent, right? They know how to score in transition. They've got a guy named Oscar Sheepway that has been just doing absolutely phenomenal things for them, not just scoring himself, but becoming such a threat that it leaves other guys open on the offense. Severe Wheeler, who is, I believe, going to be out in this game, transferred in from Georgia. He's a guard. He's done phenomenal things both offensively and defensively, trying to keep the uh, the pace of play consistent with the uh, with the Wildcats. He's been able to get this team up to a speed that I've not seen in quite some time. Uh, maybe since that 2015 season, I've not seen a Wildcats team want to run as much as this team does in a while. And a lot of it had to do with what Wheeler does. So I think for anybody that doesn't watch the Wildcats, I would say they are very, very good offensively. And they could be better if they had decent shot selection. Um, but offensively, they've got a lot of firepower. So Kentucky comes in. You spoke of the offense. Eighth in adjusted offensive efficiency. Score 118.1 points per 100 possessions, which is pretty hard to do. Meanwhile, Tennessee hangs its hat defensively with Rick Barnes, of course. Number two in adjusted defensive efficiency per Kim Palm. Um, you know, giving up, I, I think, going into last game, it might have been like... I don't know, 80, 84 points per 100 possessions, something like that. So it looks like it's going to be an offensive team going up against a defensive team. And it's not like Kentucky struggles to play defense, but here lately, Tennessee has certainly struggled playing offense. Yeah, they've definitely been on a little bit of a dry stretch, right? The Vols averaging about 75 points a game, and they've got some guys on offense that can definitely score. Uh, I, I don't want to say that Tennessee's necess necessarily too reliant on the three-point shot. They've got some guys that can definitely knock it down, but also I really like some of Tennessee's bigs, right? you got to love what John Fulkerson is doing. He's been there since Manning graduated in 1997. Yes, uh, they've got some experience. Yeah, they've got some experience down low. But you talk about the defense, right? And you talk about how powerful it's been. A statistic uh, that I, I like just taking a look at these different SEC teams defenses and just giving a fun fact for each show whenever I do a breakdown. Georgia's fun fact was that they can't stop anybody. Um, the, the statistic here for uh, Tennessee, they played seven teams that have an offensive efficiency in the top 100, according to Ken Palm, and those teams on average only scored about 68 points per game. So even against the best competition that Tennessee has faced this season, 
I mean, they're limiting what teams can do offensively. And you talk about how powerful it is. A lot of it's because of the steals that they force. Uh, they force uh, they force their about 10 and a half steals per game that served in the SEC. They're second nationally in steal percentage. And that creates a lot of things on the offensive end for the Vols as well. So defensively, you talk about like what Kentucky has to do to survive in this game. They cannot turn the ball over because Tennessee, uh, once they get into a rhythm defensively, it's going to be really, really hard to score. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because Tennessee forces the most turnovers in SEC plays so far this season. Kentucky, the fewest amount of turnovers allowed on offense uh, so far. So another underlying storyline in this game. I feel like when you're breaking down these two teams from a Tennessee perspective, probably not as much, well, maybe from a Kentucky perspective, just given the recent success for the Big Orange. It's just, I mean, Kentucky's the biggest rival um, in, in basketball, obviously. Auburn has become a big rival of Tennessee here lately as well. But the lack of success at Rupp Arena for the Vols, only six wins at Rupp all time. All time for Tennessee, but, but three of which have come in the last four years, 2018, 2020, uh, 2021. Uh, Rick Barnes, uh, they've, Tennessee's won three of the last four at Rupp. Rick Barnes has had a lot of success at, at Rupp Arena. Um, I guess maybe from your listening audience and everything, what's kind of been the chatter this week, if any, about this matchup with Tennessee? Because it's it's one that's on the docket now that where Kentucky fans really have to pay attention to. Well, for me personally, I think, and I think a lot of fans would agree with this, it's will Severe Wheeler play in this game? And right now, I don't think he is going to. He's Kentucky's best distributor easily, and if Kentucky cannot get sound guard play, I think a lot of people are really concerned with what, with what this team, uh, this Volunteers team can do defensively. Uh, I think that if we do not get solid minutes out of Ty Ty Washington, who is the freshman that is currently running the point, if you didn't see it just a week or so ago, he broke the uh, assist record in a game for all time for Kentucky. He had 17 assists against Georgia. If he's not able to have consistent minutes against the Vols, I don't know if we're going to score enough to win this game because Sheway is great, right? He's averaging 29 and a half for the past couple of games. He's not going to get 29 against the Volunteers. So if Washington is not playing at his peak, um, I'm really concerned with how this team is going to operate as a whole. So I think that's the mindset is, does Wheeler play in this game? And if he doesn't, how do we handle things on offense? Because that defense can shut anybody down. I know Kentucky's used to having players come in and, and kind of go, you know, come in and leave immediately throughout the program. And really Tennessee, for that matter, you know, has as well with the with the ones and dones the last couple of seasons. But Sheboy, a guy that's transferred in, you've mentioned him a couple of times, 17 points per game for Kentucky, uh, leads the nation in rebounding. Um, I mean, if, if Tennessee is able to kind of channel him in, not allow him to get to his season averages, um, and if, you know, say Wheeler, you know, does not play in this in this basketball game, he's missed the last two games. You mentioned already a couple other names. Where does Kentucky go, um, you know, in order to try to fend off this Tennessee team that's had a lot of success here lately uh, inside Rupp? Well, a guy that I personally feel like should be getting the ball more often is Kellen Grady. Transfer from Davidson. He's a shooting guard, scored over 2000 points during his time. Uh, at Davidson he has not gotten the ball a lot he's it's kind of been on and off especially in non-conference play he wasn't getting a lot of touches and he's a starter um, shooting an incredible percentage from three I believe he's eighth nationally in three-point shooting percentage I think that he could potentially be a spark uh, for this Kentucky Wildcats team if Sheboy's not able to get it done and I'll also say talking about Sheboy for a second if Tennessee can put him in foul trouble that's going to be huge for them 
that will be absolutely huge for them because then it's going to force guys like Kellen Grady to step up and score. Ty Ty Washington is a natural scorer as well. Davian Mintz is a guy that's been playing well within his role. He's been a starter at Kentucky before, reserved as a bench player now that Washington is here. He's been playing well as of late, so I think you're trying to ask Kentucky's guards to step up then uh, and score. Again, Washington, uh, Grady, and Mintz. I think you're going to look at all three of those guys trying to shoot the basketball if Sheway's not available. All right, Lance Dahl, prediction time. How do you see this one playing out, Tennessee and Kentucky? I think that simply because it is at Rupp Arena, I think that gives the Wildcats a slight edge. If Shibway does not stay in foul trouble, I think the Wildcats are able to do just enough to survive in this game. Tennessee defensively very similar to what LSU likes to do. I think it's going to be a very competitive game. I'm going to go Kentucky 73, Tennessee 70. And how good is Auburn? Top five team in the country? It's a top five team in the country if they would stop turning the ball over in SEC play. Is it, is it undisputedly the best team in the SEC? I think so. I think, I think so. so, too. All right, Lance Daw at Daw Pound on Twitter. Give him a follow. Lance, thanks so much, man. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, Eric. Great stuff there from Lance Daw, and Lance told me that he is a big fan of the Bell Bars, and he said, hey, it's a new year, so that means he's got New Year's resolution, and he told me, hey, if yours is getting fit or eating healthier, make sure to include Built Bar in your plan. That's what he just told me, I promise, off the air. Built Bar, it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. It makes it easier to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good that you're going to want to eat it, unlike some other protein bars that can sometimes just be too chalky, waxy, taste like a chemical spill, to be honest, if you want to eat healthy, but sometimes it's just so boring. By week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, good news. Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, but they have somewhere around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein, whereas some other you know, your, your run-of-the-mill candy bars got up to 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year to go along with uh, all your secret treat stashes at home in the pantry in the office in the car wherever throw out all the sugary or calorie filled treats replace them with built bars so when you're craving a snack or a treat you can reach for something that's healthy and something that tastes incredible so where do you get these built bars plus tons and tons of flavors you can find all the flavors all the deals everything at built.com use the promo code lock 15 and you're going to get 15 percent off your order again that's uh, promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off it's all at built.com march madness is right around the corner if you want to win your office pool you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the locked on college basketball podcast Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. One last segment here on this week of Locked on Vols, and let's check in with our Vols in review. We'll talk tight ends today here in Josh Heupel's offense. I'm your host, Eric Kane. Thanks so much for making Locked on Vols your first listen, and thanks so much for tuning in to another week of Locked on Vols. Been a good run of shows this week for sure. Uh, been a lot of good content, had some good guests on, and uh, there's been some news that, that we've had to talk about. One, uh, speaking of news, I mentioned yesterday Anderson Kobe under the transfer portal after I got done recording, and <laughs> it frustrates me to no end, guys. 
I try to you know get in bed early. I have morning radio. I got some things going on in the uh, in the evening sometimes. So a lot of times I try to get this done late in the afternoon or early early in the evening. And of course, as soon as you submit everything, make all the graphics for the next day, and 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 punch this ticket and schedule it to come out overnight, someone else enters the transfer portal or something else happens. Tennessee gets a recruit, whatever the case may be. Uh, Karon Calvert has entered the transfer portal. He went through Senior Day festivities back uh, when Tennessee uh, wrapped up the season against Vanderbilt, and um, you know, I, it's, I guess it's not really a big time surprise. He's you know put put something out there on Twitter saying. Um, he's appreciative of his time at Tennessee, loves Vol Nation, but he wants to continue to pursue his dream of being an NFL player, so he's entering his name in the transfer portal. So he'll have a super senior season left, but uh, did not get by me. I saw that Karon Calvert entered the transfer portal along with wide receiver um, Anderson Kobe. So uh, let's talk about these tight ends in Josh Heupel's offense. All right, Year one, I mean, the stats really, really don't jump off the page at all. Jacob Warren, 18 receptions for 179 yards and three touchdowns. Princeton Fant, 16 receptions, 220 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's not going to make you an all-conference player whatsoever, but they were targeted an awful lot, uh, way more, way more than what Jim Chaney's offense allowed for these tight ends uh, to be involved in the passing game. I mean, you see Jacob Warren and Princeton Fant split out wide. You see them line up on line of scrimmage, playing H-back and points and times. You saw Jacob Warren line up beside uh, Hendon Hooker in the backfield, out of the shotgun. I mean, the 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 reason I like these tight ends in this offense is because they are such the X factor. I mean, they really, really are. Um, you can do just about anything with them, and that's why you need an athlete back there. I think Princeton Fan is one of the more underrated athletes on this football team. I really do. Um, I think that he has been, you know, phenomenal in terms of his growth and development throughout his time here at Tennessee. And Jacob Warren has gotten better and better and better and better every single year. Um, I got into a conversation on one of the uh, one of the posts at, at VolQuest earlier this week. You know, the the possibilities of Darnell Washington entering the transfer portal. Um, to my knowledge, he hasn't yet, but there's been some rumors about him. Of course, he was a big-time Tennessee target back when Jeremy Pruitt was head coach here, and Tennessee lost out to Georgia. Well, Georgia, I mean, he's not been a stud. He plays a lot, don't get me wrong, but Brock Bowers has been the you know phenomenal tight end, pro- the tight end this year as a freshman, uh, one of the best you know offensive players in the country. And so he's been playing second fiddle, and he's he's had some injury concerns, of course. But the question was, you know, will Tennessee take a look at him? And, and my response was, it's I'm not saying that Princeton Fanton and Jacob Warren are are better than than Darnell Washington, but everyone remembers Darnell Washington as this stud, top ten overall prospect, five star, yada yada yada. And so they still equate him as a prospect, as a recruit. I'm not saying he's been bad, but he is he is anything. He is the farthest thing from being elite as a college football player. That's just facts. I mean, go to his ESPN bio and look at his stats. Anyone can do it. Um, is he more of an athlete than Jacob Warren and Princeton Fant? Sure. Is he bigger, faster, stronger? Absolutely. If he were to enter the transfer portal, does that mean Tennessee would go and get him when they have other big-time pressing needs at linebacker, at cornerback, at safety, at defensive line, and offensive tackle? You know, I I don't know that. I, I I really feel like, you know, that that would be something to where the staff would sure evaluate a guy like that. But seeing what you have in these two guys and Fanton Warren, knowing that they're that they're not, you know, I mean, it, they all about have the same production if we're being honest. But you know, they're not as athletic as as a guy like Darnell Washington. But there's other pressing needs. So I found that interesting earlier in the week. How I just I I feel like so many fans still equate him as being to a recruit. 
instead of being the tight end that he is at Georgia now. So I don't know if Darnell Washington won of the transfer portal. I don't know. I'm just saying um, what Tennessee has coming back when both Jacob Warren and Princeton fan made their announcements, <clears throat> you know, are, are two guys who are experienced, who are a year in the system, who move around, and, and, and Josh Heupel can do a whole lot with them. And they're, they're good ball players for you in this offense. I, I'll tell you what, Princeton Fant is a fantastic perimeter blocker. How many times does Tennessee throw the football at or around the line of scrimmage? Screen plays, you know, two-yard hitches, stuff like that. Um, to, 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 to Valus Jones, who scored a touchdown on this this year. To Javonta Payton, who scored touchdowns on those type of plays this year. You know why? Because you have the other wide receiver out there and your tight end, Princeton Fant and or Jacob Warren, blocking their tails off. That's the type of stuff you don't see on the stat sheet. Plus, you know, a, a play that I fell in love with against Pittsburgh. You had Jacob Warren line up in the backfield aside uh, Hendon Hooker. You fake the handoff to him, and um, you've got you've got Warren that just flows through that play action fake through the B cap and kind of banana routes around and catches a touchdown there about eight yards away from the end zone. I loved it. Fantastic play call. So you know. I like the way these guys are using the system. Um, are they going to be all SEC players? Absolutely not. But I do think one more year in the system, Tennessee will have a really nice tight end combination and both Warren and Fant to kind of kind of fend off each other and play off each other. Uh, behind these guys, you have Miles Campbell, who appeared in four games this year, primarily on special teams. Actually had a couple of kickoff returns playing that up back spot. Um, he will take a red shirt, and he is – uh, more athletic, he believes, uh, the coaching staff believes he's got a lot to offer in terms of being a tight end in this offense in the future. Julia Nixon, who was recruited primarily as a wide receiver, made the move to tight end in fall camp. He has gotten bigger, bigger, and bigger. That boy is thick now. Um, he took a redshirt this year, didn't appear in any games. Hunter Salmon, a walk-on tight end, actually had three targets to him, or actually had three receptions on the season just for seven yards, but he's a nice depth option. He's been here quite some time. And then Trinity Bell, who suffered an ACL tear in the offseason playing basketball at his high school about this time last year um, after signing with Tennessee, um, was rehabbing and working and never appeared in a game this year. But uh, during the Music City Bowl practices, he was actually on the defensive line, so trying to find a spot for him. But there are some concerns about Trinity Bell academically if he will qualify to come back for a new semester. Remember, uh, Tennessee's spring semester does not start again until January 24th. It's about the latest in the country, I feel like, in terms of colleges starting back for the spring semester. So that's something to pay attention to there. One other note, uh, no tight end signees in this past class, uh, the class of 2021, but in the class of – 2022, rather, the class of 2023 upcoming does have one tight end signee or commit, and that is Ethan Davis of, uh, you know, he's a four-star, really, really nice player. So tight ends will never be the flashiest, will never be the sexiest players um, in this offense for Josh Heupel, but, you know, offensive coordinator Alex Golish, that is his position. They might not be the sexiest and most, um, most flashiest and, you know, get all the headlines and the stats and all that, but... I'll go on a limb here and say that the tight end position in this offense might be one of the more important positions, obviously, aside from the quarterback and you got to have protection. But what you can do with that tight end position, that variable, it just, and you got a guy that can do it, it just opens up so much uh, in this offense. It really does. So I would give a thumbs up to the tight ends so far this season, and it's only going to get better in year two of this system with two veterans coming back 
to play this position. All right, we're getting into the nitty-gritty on Monday. We will look at the safeties and star position for Vols in review, and then that'll do it for defense. We'll come back and do the offensive line uh, on Tuesday. We'll do special teams on Wednesday, coaching on Thursday, and boom, that is your Vols in review little postseason miniseries here on Locked On Vols. Guys, thanks so much. Really enjoyed previewing Kentucky, talking uh, with Lance Dahl of Locked On Kentucky. Give him a follow. Follow him for some coverage leading up to the game uh, tomorrow and enjoy getting to talk a little football as always. We'll come back stronger than ever. Again, a reminder, hope to be on YouTube at some point next week. I will communicate with you guys. Nothing will change on the audio front. The audio will still be available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, whatever you listen to, the audio will still be available. Nothing changes on that front. But if you are into YouTube and watching things, we'll get a little video on there, maybe get some highlights on there as well. Um, it will be on YouTube at some point next week. That's the plan right now. Even if you're not a YouTube fan, go ahead and subscribe to it. Please, please, you are helping out my livelihood by doing that. Plus, I want to brag to everybody else um, in the Locked On channel that uh, it didn't take us long at all to get a 1,000 uh, subscribers. So that's coming up next week. Guys, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy it. Be safe. And uh, we'll talk again on Monday. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.